Sunday. This is a single mom of purpose. I am back on today to continue our book review of John Eckhart's book, Destroying the Spirit of Rejection, Receive Love, Acceptance, and Find Healing. And we're actually in chapter three. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, if you guys have listened to chapter one and chapter two review, I love this book. Okay. It's something that I've had to deal with and still currently dealing with, um, rejection, um, the spirit of rejection. Um, it's something that we as Christians, as children of God, we have to look at ourselves before we can really look outward we want to get ourselves together and that way we're able to help other people so as I'm learning as I'm um, looking at myself and finding more things that I still have to work on I want to in turn help others as well so let's jump right into this chapter three okay so this chapter is titled Demonic Manifestations of Rejection. And the scripture that is shared is Isaiah 53, 3. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The demonic spirit of double-mindedness first enters a person's life through rejection. In the 30 plus years that I have ministered deliverance to people all over the world, it always surprises me how prevalent this spirit is. Almost every demonized person I have ministered to has a root of rejection that opened the door to all kinds of oppression. As I pointed out previously, the wound of rejection begins early on in a person's life. Many people move through life with hurts and scars that go untreated. And just like a physical injury, they develop an infection, a spiritual infection, so to speak. This infection attracts demons from the north, south, east, and west. These demons feed on the infected person like parasites. And before long, the person is suffering from so many different spiritual maladies that he or she can hardly unravel them to find freedom. This is why deliverance is so important. Rejection is an identity stealer. Even after it inflicts the initial wound, rejection causes individuals to doubt who they are, and I've dealt with that, to feel as if there is something wrong with them, I've dealt with that, then rejecting themselves, they take on false personalities trying to become a person who they think people will like. Nah, that wasn't me. <laughs> Or they jump to the conclusion that no one will like them. So they begin to move over into rebellion. No. Uh-uh. This is how the spirit of self-rejection, which usually accompanies rejection, manifests itself. The enemy convinces people that the only way to survive is to suppress their real selves and operate in an alternate personality. No. <laughs> I'm an introvert, so I just, like, keep to myself. I just, yeah. Yeah. So self-rejection, fear of rejection, and the act of rejecting others form the core of the spirit of rejection. Rejection is a hurtful and painful experience that no one likes to go through. This is true. Many of us avoid it by almost any means necessary. As an introvert, I agree. Because I will inwardly take myself out of situations. I will not deal with people. Uh, people have tell, told me that I run and I do. I will retreat and keep it moving. Okay? Um, the rejection personality is the inward manifestation of double-mindedness. As, what, as we'll see in Ahab, one of the kings of Israel... When a person is rejected, he attempts to defend against their hurt by withdrawing or isolating himself. Look at that. Look at Jesus. I didn't even know that was coming up. This defense is really fear. Fear of being hurt. Yes. Ridiculed. Mm-hmm. Betrayed. Yes. Mistreated. Yes. Or abused all over again. I agree with all of those. I do not want to deal with that stuff. No. So no. Nope. 
Fear and its manifestations become a stronghold in the life of a person who carries the spirit of rejection. Rejection is a sense of being unwanted, the agony of desperately wanting people to love you but being convinced they do not. They actually may be loving and accepting, but when you are suffering rejection, you are able to believe, you are unable to believe or receive it. There is an aching desire to be a part of something but never feeling that you are. Isaiah wrote about a woman who had suffered a deep and terrible spiritual wound because of rejection. Isaiah 54, 6. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith the Lord. To compensate for rejection, some become withdrawn like a turtle in his shell for protection. Others explode with anger and hatred, fighting bitterly against the pain and injustice. Rejected people often spend their lives seeking a meaningful identity outside of a true relationship with God. Mm. No, I can't say that's true for me. No. I love my relationship with God. That's one of the things that helped me. Um know um how can I explain it that helps me every day knowing that I have a relationship with God knowing that I can go to him and talk to him and he's not going to reject me it's like that's the only one that I I can trust you know in most situations um and it's been like that for years I will go to God and pray and you know I'm good because I know I'm not going to be rejected. I, I know I'm not going to be pushed aside. I know he hears my prayers. I know he's going to uh, never leave me nor forsake me. I don't have to fear him leaving me. I don't have to fear him rejecting me. I don't have to fear him mistreating me. You know, it's people that we, we have to worry about because people are, are, you know, we're, we're, I'm a person. I know how I react to things. I know how I'm going to um, you know, if a situation comes up, I know how I'm going to respond, you know, depending on the situation. But it's like, I know how I want to be treated. So I'm going to treat people the way I want to be treated, but everyone's not like that. You know, so when something goes wrong or something goes sideways and it's like, the person like comes back at me or they rejected me I'm gonna retreat you know most sometimes you try to um communicate with that person but everybody's not on the same level everybody doesn't know your situation even if you tell people like I've opened up with people like this is my issue this is my problem and it's like they throw it back at me so you can't expect everyone to um understand you know, because people would say, oh, that's an excuse. It's really not an excuse. This is something that I'm dealing with. Trying to um, get delivered from it. Trying to get healed from it. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But everybody doesn't ex- accept that or understand that. Okay? So, back to the book. Demonic spirits associated with rejection. Okay, so it says, we have discussed rejection as a personality, but you need to understand that it, uh, it is also a demon. Yeesh. Yeesh. Okay. <laughs> In the rejection cluster of demons, various evil spirits come together, strengthening and deepening the enemy's hold on an individual's life. This is why we need God. Okay. <laughs> That's why you have to have a relationship with God. I have taught about how there are such things as stubborn demons whose roots go deep and that they are harder to cast out than just a regular demon the demon of rejection is one of these stubborn demons demons behave like gangs they operate with strategy and prowl upon people who have been made vulnerable because of emotional pain They are drawn to weakness and especially to people struggling with rejection. There are many demons that make up the demonic kingdom of rejection. They come in and alter the person's intended reality. Instead of operating in the truth of God, a person is bound and controlled by 
counterfeit spirits. Lord Jesus. Let's take a look. Insecurity, inferiority versus confidence. A person who has been rejected, shot down, disappointed, and denied will often have negative feelings about their worth and value. Many times, such individuals lack confidence and suffer from low self-esteem. Hmm. Self-accusation versus forgiveness. Self-accusation leads rejected persons to have diff- great difficulty forgiving themselves and letting themselves off the hook. I've seen that. I've seen that in people. They overprocess their role in their rejection, often blaming themselves for the hurt they've endured. They believe that something is wrong with them, that they are not good enough, so perhaps all the bad that has happened to them was their fault. I've seen this. I have seen this. Um, I've seen this in women especially. Not too much as men, because I don't really deal with men that much. I don't have no men friends or anything like that. But women, some of my women friends, um, anytime they have a breakup, oh, it was me, what's wrong with me? Um, I was the reason, I, 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 I. But then I have to think about, okay, all the stuff you've told me that this guy has done, like how can you put the blame on yourself? You know, it's like there's two people in a relationship. Both people have their faults. How can you take all of the blame? Like it was you, your fault. Like, oh, I was wrong for even talking to him or da 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 Come on now. But I understand it. I So this right here, self-accusation versus forgiveness, I've seen it in play. Depression versus joy. Depression, or what the Bible calls the spirit of heaviness, is the opposite of the joy of the Lord which strengthens us. A rejected person manifesting a depressed and heavy spirit is also one who is weakened by self-reliance. The enemy will wear down the rejected person and due to a lack of healthy relationships, such individuals often feel that they are fighting the battles of life alone. I've seen this. They become overwhelmed by life's challenges. They cannot live life isolated, alone, and trust in no one. I'm an introvert, so I have no problem being isolated <laughs> or alone. <laughs> so, um, but not a takeaway from any anybody else or anything. I'm just saying for me, I don't have that problem. Uh, we will fall into dependency, despair, discouragement, and hopelessness. Some of us get so bogged down in this dark and hopeless state that we turn to doctors for mood-altering medications. I've seen and heard of this. Prescriptions for antidepressants are rising year after year. If left unchecked, depression can drive a person to suicide. Depression can often lead to sleeplessness, alcoholism, and drug abuse. This here is one of the reasons why I am currently um, in the process of getting my PhD in Christian counseling. Because this type stuff everybody does not need to be on antidepressants everything is not a medication fix everything is not about um altering your mind to feel this way or feel that way it's like this this is a spiritual thing most of the stuff that we deal with in our lives is spiritual we don't need these medications to help us and get us here or get us there this is a spiritual thing that does not require the type of medication you just need the right person the right kind of counselor to help us through these type issues don't need any medicines back to the book perfectionism versus excellence some people who have suffered rejection will try to win approval by attempting to perform every task or assignment perfectly They are driven by a hope that doing something well enough will put them in a position to be accepted and loved. They are doing all they know to do in their bound state to receive the affirmation they need to to avoid being rejected all over again. Hmm. Parents who have perfection spirits can be intolerant and overbearing on their children. 
perfectionistic spouses are intolerant towards mates. Perfectionistic pastors are intolerant towards members and so on. Perfectionistic people are intolerant of those who do not meet their standard of perfection. I have dealt with these people. (laughs) I have dealt with these type of people with these perfectionistic spirits. Oh Lord, help them, Jesus. Perfection can also lead to legalism and religious spirits. The perfectionist hides behind the rule book. This is true. And in religious settings, this spirit makes the Bible a rule book. This leads to hypocrisy and covering up because perfectionists cannot admit they have broken any rules. This is true. This is true. This is true. And it's sad to say um, there are many children of God that um, operate like this. Okay. In the pulpit. Sad to say, but it's true. Uh, deliverance is needed for per- per- uh, perfectionistic persons so that they can walk in love, compassion, and mercy towards others. Remember, perfectionism is rooted in rejection, and the person seeking deliverance must fall out of agreement with the rejection personality and allow the Lord to develop their real personality. I'm going to say this. Um, Christians, children of God, we're not perfect. We're not. Okay, Um, we all have issues. We're all going to have some type of problem. We're going to have some childhood issues. We're going to have some um, life issues, even in the pulpit. Okay, you can be in the pulpit. You can be a minister. You can be a pastor. You can be a preacher. You can be an evangelist. You can be an apostle. You can be a a prophet. Okay, we're not perfect. We're going to have some issues. Okay, me I don't mind telling my my stuff because I know I'm not perfect. I don't want to appear so. I let people know this is what I've been through. This is what I've done. And this is what I'm still working on. I don't want to appear perfect because I know I'm not. I want people to have the idea that I'm perfect and I have everything together because I don't. I still have work to do. You know, I still have work to do. But it's a, it's um something entirely different when you know you have issues and you're working on them and when you know you have issues and you try to hide them i'm not hiding don't want to hide okay because i want to be used by god okay um pride versus humility pride which includes both vanity and ego is a compensation spirit that helps people sustain a look of success and competence though they may be crumbling under the pressures of life. These spirits attempt to make people feel better about themselves. Pride is a strong man, a stubborn demon in many lives, and it is not easy to uproot. This demon is personified as Levithion in scripture. We will look more closely at this demon in chapter six. Chapter six is the bomb. I'm just gonna let y'all know right now, okay? When I first got this book, I jumped to chapter 6 because it it was all of that, okay? Uh, Fear versus faith. Fear includes fear of seemingly small things or issues such as dogs, germs, and the dark. Though some of us may think people should just get over their fears like this, they are legitimate and sometimes paralyzing for those suffering from these fears. They are larger, more commonly experienced fears such as fears of abandonment, failure, hurt, death, authority figures, commitment, confrontation, and not having enough money. There are also extreme fears such as panic, which we will discuss more in depth in this next chapter. I have a fear of getting front and getting in front of a large group of people. <laughs> I have that fear. I'm telling you, every time I have to get up and preach, it's like I'm just lord help me but i always get up there and do it okay and i'm nervous at first but once i start talking and getting um just the words start flowing i'm, I'm okay but just the the having to get up there and then you know um i don't know what it's gonna say but let me go on uh paranoia versus trust 
paranoia creates a tendency to be excessively or irrationally suspicious and distrustful of others. There is no objectivity with paranoia. It is fear-based on a need to defend one's ego against sometimes imagined scenarios. The person often projects a defense mechanism that often takes the form of megalomania, an obsession with grandiose or extravagant things or actions. Those who are obsessed with power, fame, and status can often be paranoid, believing everyone is out to take their position from them. I don't have that problem. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Paranoia can be seen in blaming others, accusation, dis- disillusional accusation, and suspicion. <laughs> and it is rooted in fear. I'm sorry for laughing, but I've, I've dealt with people like this. I have. It's sad, but I have. Uh, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, people think that you're coming to take their position, take their title. Like, uh, I'm not here for that, but okay. Um, paranoia can be seen in blaming others, accusation, delusional accusation, and suspicion, and it is rooted in fear. Paranoia is the baseless suspicion of the motive, motives of others. The rejection personality is always questioning the motives of others and judging them without a cause. Yeah. So if yeah, we're just in chapter three, and I'm I'm learning a lot, and it's like this spirit of rejection is deep. It's deeply rooted. It has so many. Um. Uh, uh, what I want to say roots and branches and all this it's just it's a lot it's a lot and it's like I can uh, differentiate, differentiate between some of the circles I don't deal with all of this I, I know I got the spirit of rejection and it's rooted in my um, childhood stuff and teenage stuff but all this a lot of this other stuff I'm like I'm just thankful that I don't have to deal with all of this because I've dealt with some of my stuff already, but it's still there. So I still have some stuff to uproot and get rid of. Um, indecision versus decisiveness. Indecision, hopefully, hopefully I'm saying that right, results in procrastination, compromise, confusion, forgetfulness, and indifference. Indecision is one of the most deliberating problems in life because a forward-moving life is based on decisions. Indifference is an attitude that causes a person to avoid making decisions. I've dealt with people like this, Lord, in the church. (laughs) Procrastination is another way of avoiding decisions by just putting it off for a future time. It can also be rooted in the fear of making a decision. Passivity versus proactivity. Passivity causes listlessness, lethargy, continual sadness, crying, defeatism, dejection, despair, despondency, discouragement, escapism, fatigue, gloom, gluttony, grief, guilt, heartache, heartbreak, hopelessness, hurt, hyperactivity, indifference, inner hurts, insomnia, laziness, loneliness, mourning, negativity, rejection, self-pity, sorrow, and tiredness. Wow. Many times a person fighting passivity will feel as though he is in a funk or as if he is going nowhere. Okay. Um, Lust versus love. Because rejection can start early in life, many rejected people get get involved in sexually immoral relationships at a young age. They are looking for true love but end up in lustful relationships. Lust is a demonic substitute for true love. People who are out of control in this area can form soul ties with others who use and abuse them. The spirit of harlotry can also show up in childhood and teenage years and can be seen in suggestively dressed young women. Spirits operating with this demon of lust include idolatry, fornication, whoredom, harlotry, seduction, sexual impurity, perversion, homosexuality, lebanism, (laughs) masturbation, okay, pornography, incest, fantasy, sodomy, and uncleanness. 
lust is not only sexual, it can also manifest as materialism, overindulgence, food addictions, gluttony, bulimia, anorexia, and extreme dieting, drug and alcohol addictions, clothing choices, and so on. The latter part, that's the first I've known of that or heard of it, that lust can, that's not only sexual. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. What else? Unfairness versus mercy. Fighting for animal, environmental, homosexual, or any other rights becomes a driving force for some rejected people because they are in an, an all-consuming hunt to acquire fairness. Fairness they themselves never receive. Because of the, how they have been treated, they feel that they have gotten a short end of the stick, that life and people are unfair. Though on the surface it seems noble to want to rid of the world of unfairness, underneath it is all our, it all are manifestations of false compassion and false responsibility. Bitterness, anger, rebellion, and resentment are the opposite strongholds of unfairness and rejection, but these are the spirits that turn many of these groups to enacting violence against those who are on the the opposing side of their cause. Comparing this to the biblical gift of mercy, we see that true compassion is extended to all who are hurting, not just to those who believe the way we do. Okay. Um... I can't really um, relate to that one. So, yeah. Okay. Guilt versus grace. Psalms 44, 15 reads, My confusion is continual before me, and the shame of my face covered me. Guilt, which operates in in concert with shame and confusion, is a cluster of demons that include condemnation, unworthiness, and shame. Shame produces a strong sense of guilt, embarrassment, unworthiness, or disgrace. Um, Sensitivity versus long-suffering. Easily offended, hurt, and damaged by the words or actions of others. That's me. (laughs) People who are oversensitive because of rejection are hyper-aware of how people see them and are afraid to be negative. say i'm hyper aware of how people see me because at this is a thing I, since i've worked through some of my stuff i really don't care how people see me i don't because <laughs> i know how god sees me and that's the thing about deliverance when you begin to work on yourself and you know what issues you have and issues that you're still dealing with you can see a little bit more clear now if i would have been reading this before i've worked on my stuff and i could be like ah. Eh, but I know now that I've, since I've worked on some of my areas and I'm still working on this thing of what rejection, I've gotten past that. Because before I used to think about that and worry about it. Oh, how are they going to think about me? I don't care. At this point, I don't. But before I did. That's how you know you're growing. Um, let me see. What are the signs and symptoms of a spirit of rejection? Double-mindedness begins with rejection and opens the door for an unstable identity and personality. Here are some signs and symptoms that a person may have a spirit of rejection. There's quite a few here and I'm going to read all of them. A constant desire for physical love and assurance of self-worth. And I have that highlighted because that's one of my things. I have this constant desire for physical love and assurance of self-worth. And that's when I'm in a relationship. Okay? That's when I'm... um, you know, dealing with the opposite sex. That's my thing. That's one of my signs and symptoms, okay? Um, Let's move on. It says addiction, attention-seeking, despair, despondency, discouragement, envy, fantasy, fears, frustration, guilt, hopelessness, impatience, inferiority, inordinate affection for animals, no, (laughs) loneliness, lust, perverseness, pride, revenge, self-rejection, sensitivity, shame, suicide, unworthiness, vanity, and withdrawal. And I want to say, we don't have to have all of these. These are just some of the symptoms. These are some of the signs and symptoms of the spirit of rejection. 
Now, I can go and say, okay, yeah, I got this, I got that, but I do not have all of these, and you won't have all of these, okay? Um, let's see, what else we got in here? Don't want to read the whole chapter, but I want to pick out the good stuff for you guys. can look at the lives of Ahab and Jezebel and see not only how Ahab personified the spirit of rejection but also how rejection and rebellion function with a double-minded personality both Ahab and Jezebel lived lives that consisted of the very things God hates Ahab the seventh king of Israel did more evil in the sight of the Lord than all who were before him first Kings sixteen thirty. He promoted and participated in Baal and Ashtoreth worship. He allowed sexual rights, homosexuality, bestiality, I don't know what that is, but it's spelled B-E-S-T-I-A-L-I-T-Y, and every disgraceful perversion and prostitution in the temple of God. Oh, dang, Ahab was out there, okay. Men and women volunteered to serve as prostitutes. Men and well, men and women volunteered to serve as prostitutes. Lord. Ahab is also known for his double-mindedness. He was often found waffling through righteousness and the ungodly ways of Jezebel, his wife, who was a daughter of a heathen king. She pushed him to incorporate her foreign gods and religious practices until Israel's culture. This is why you have to be mindful of who you marry, who you connect with, okay? You have to do, look, I don't care how good he look, how good she look, how they be putting it down. If they got some demonic stuff about them, they're going to incorporate that into your life. You have to be very mindful of who you connect with, okay? See, 1 Kings 16.31, this is one of the reasons God commanded Israel not to take any wives from among the conquered people. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They did not have a covenant with God and would not be able to understand how he dealt with them. Come on here now. Come on here. Jezebel's influence led Ahab to forget God. 1 Kings 14.23 states that the people had earlier built up all kinds of images and places of worship to foreign gods in the groves under the trees. Ahab and Jezebel continued with this practice. There is symbolism that I want to point out so that you will see how these acts revealed that he was being controlled not only by a heathen wife, but also by the spirit of rejection. Strong's coordinates relates the word groves as it is used in 1 Kings 14.23 to Astaroth, an idolatrous temple worship. These services were held outside in the groves of trees near the temple where huge carvings of both male and female sexual organs were displayed in worship. What in the world? This is lust and perversion, two demonic spirits that are part of the rejection personality, two spirits that Ahab allowed in because of his relationship to these influences because of his own oppression. Jezebel did her part, but the door was opened through rejection. The demonic, I'm sorry, the dynamic, <laughs> Lord, the, 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 the dynamic between Ahab and Jezebel provides for us a picture of how double-mindedness works. Ahab portrays the inward manifestation of double-mindedness, rejection. He was fearful and full of lust, insecurity, and self-pity. He was envious, pouty, and ridden with guilt and shame. Jezebel is a demonstration of the outward manifestation of double-mindedness, rebellion. She was stubborn, self-willed, selfish, confrontational, controlling, possessive, and full of hatred, resentment, bitterness, witchcraft, and idolatry. 
She also had a murderous spirit. Nothing can stop her from getting what she wanted. Dang, Jezebel. 1 Kings 24, 4-7 clearly reveals how the couple, one inward, one outward, linked together to form a double-minded union and accomplish wicked things. Wow. Like I said before, you have to be mindful of who you connect with. We have to be mindful of who we connect with. We have to. We have to. Our life depends on it. Our calling depends on it. Our purpose depends on it. Come on here. Okay? Ahab would pout in rejection and Jezebel would rise up to retaliate in rebellion. Together they advanced wicked plots in Israel, driving the country to become to being rejected by God, led into bondage and left in desolate ruins. This is what the rejection and rebellion personalities accomplish when they work together within double-mindedness. They cannot be allowed to link up. In order to be disarmed, they must be separated and then cast out of the double-minded person. Oh my goodness. The Jezebel spirit is domineering, manipulative, and seductive. It intimidates, threatens, lies, and does whatever it takes to accomplish its end. Now, some say, many have said that the Jezebel spirit is roaming around in churches and it's because people don't talk about this type stuff it's not taught about okay and everything is always swept under the carpet swept under the carpet nobody wants to get healed and delivered okay just facts I've seen it experienced it it's like it's, why, why don't you talk about everything in the Bible why so people can be um, educated so people can have this knowledge so people can have this understanding why isn't this stuff talked about but that's only me um, let's see what else we got here rebellion is a wicked personality that needs to be renounced and cast out we will remain in bondage to it until we see how wicked it is. Excuse me. The Ahab spirit is lustful, weak, and fearful and tolerates wickedness. King Ahab allowed Jezebel to bring in the worship of Baal. His spirit is passive and will not stand up for the righteousness. Oh, this inward and withdrawn personality is also wicked and needs to be renounced and cast out. God hates rejection just as he hates rebellion. Hmm. Let me share this. 1 Kings 21, 20, Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, my enemy? And he answered, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. See, I will bring disaster upon you and will take away your posterity and will cut off all your males, both free and slave, who are left in Israel and will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, Boam, I think that's right, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Asia, for the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. God judged the house of Ahab for its wickedness. Ahab was idolatrous, compromising, lustful, covets, wait no, covetous, and weak. He was a rejected man who was connected to a rebellious woman. Wow. Ruthless, murderous, treacherous, idolatrous, seductive, controlling, intimidated, and wicked, Jezebel was also judged by God for her wickedness. Her path ended with dogs eating up her flesh. Oh, Lord. See Kings. See Second Kings 9. Wow. Okay. Let me share this. As you have been praying and reading through this chapter, 
If you have found that you exhibit Ahab-like qualities, ask the Lord to reveal to you any alliances with Jezebel spirits. Those are ungodly soul ties that must be broken in order for you to experience deliverance from the Ahab spirit. There is no shame in coming for deliverance in prayer. Though the enemy loves to keep us from owning up to the spiritual opposition, the Lord reveals to us. But I encourage you to be bold in this area and to be relentless as you speak to destroy the influence of this spirit. You have to know what you're dealing with. You have to be honest and open with yourself. That's the only way you're going to get to healing and deliverance. You have to go to God and say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I've seen. This is what I've noticed. Okay. And this is why it's so important for us to get this knowledge, to get this understanding, to know what we're dealing with because we're not perfect. So many people try to portray themselves as being perfect. Oh, I don't do this and I don't do that. Or they try to put stuff on, off on other people. You can be um, in, a, in a relationship. And this is like not even husband, um, wife. Um, this could be uh, church people, okay? It could be a sister and a brother. It's like neither one of the situations are, are perfect. Neither person in the situation is perfect. You're going to have issues. But you have to realize you have those issues if you want to move forward in doing anything. You have to acknowledge it so you can move ahead, okay? And that takes a big person because a lot of people don't want to admit they have a problem. They don't want to admit that they have a bad spirit that they're dealing with. And we don't um, learn this stuff about ourselves and how can we move past it? It wasn't easy for me to know that after... Um, being single for 12 years and thinking I worked through all of my stuff to have to find out that I still have something that I have to deal with. That wasn't nice for me. That wasn't fun for me. But I was like, I want to be completely healed. I want to be completely delivered. So if I have to deal with this, if I have to work through this, I'm going to do it because I know on the other side of this, I'm going to be a better person. I can deal with situations differently. I don't have to keep running from situations because I feel like someone's rejected me or I feel like someone's treating me wrong. I can deal with it. And it's not every time that the other person on the other end is going to understand. Because I've told people, okay, if I've said this or if, I'm, if I've done that, this is why. It wasn't right, but this is why it happened. And I'm sorry, some people won't even forgive you. You could tell them what your problem is and they still won't forgive because they have issues that they don't want to deal with. So it's better for them to put it off on you. But when we've gotten healed, when we've gotten delivered, we can deal with those types of situations. We don't have to accept what that person is putting off on us to make it look like it's only our fault. Okay? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. We're at the end. Rejection and arrested development. Sometimes people who have been rejected, especially early in life, get stuck mentally and emotionally at the time the first significant rejection experience occurred. Many times they remain childlike in their understanding of life and processing emotions and in their behavior toward others, often being selfish and self-centered. If it is as they have, wait, it is as if they have been frozen in time. This is called arrested development. I know some people like this. It operates in a specific area of the mind, targeting regression from ages 13 to zero. For every year to which it causes a person to regress, a different spirit manifests. There is a different demon assigned to each age and each age demon has a specific task wow 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 the arrested development spirit wants to embarrass a person at all times by manifesting the different age personalities thus making a person's immature words or advice in an accepted reality causing him to doubt his own ability to make mature decisions this spirit also works with double-mindedness and spirits of homosexuality and Lebanism. Lebanism. 
This demon may try to create designs for a person's life by setting up events of rape and incest and by allowing spirits of rejection, homosexuality, hurt, fear, double-mindedness, inability to give or receive love, isolation, and hatred of men or women to enter the person's life. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Many people who are bound by the spirit find that they try to escape hardship in life by turning to drugs and alcohol. My thing used to be alcohol many years ago. Thank God I got delivered from that. It works strongly with Ahab, Jezebel, and Hordom spirits to, pe- to keep people depressed over their lives, forcing them to regress to happier childhood years while attempting to keep them from developing mentally. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I like that scripture. I like that. There are three states in which the spirit of arrested development tries to keep the person. One, speaking as a child. Two, understanding as a child. Three, thinking as a child. The Word of God teaches us the power of the spoken word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul separates and distinguishes the things spoken by children and those spoken by adults. As mature saints, we are to speak with the wisdom, mature things, of the Word. In Hebrews 5.12-14, we see that our understanding, excuse me, is to be matured. Left unchallenged, the spirit of arrested development will stop a person from maturing past childhood. Adults who still play with toys and collect dolls are manifesting the characteristics of children. This could be the spirit of arrested development manifesting through fantasy and escape of reality. Other spirits that come out of rejection. Through arrested development and the other demonic manifestations discussed in this chapter, we are getting a clearer picture of how the spirit of rejection desolates, desolates yeah, the human soul, leaving a person fragmented and in pieces. Controlled by the spirit, people are left unable to be their true selves, the selves that God created to showcase his, deli- his glory. I'm sorry, his glory. There is no call purpose or destiny that can be sustained while a person is controlled by their by this demon mm. okay y'all looks like we got some work to do because our call the our purpose our destiny cannot be sustained while this person is controlled by this demon so we have to get this thing off of us okay this is chapter three chapter three and i told y'all it just gets better Okay, so again, chapter three, title of it was, let me go back, what's the title? Demonic Manifestations of Rejection. Okay, and again, John Eckhart's book, Destroying the Spirit of Rejection, Receive Love and Acceptance and Find Healing. I want to thank you guys for listening again today. I'm going to be back sometime later in the week to continue in chapter four. And chapter four is kind of small. Um, let me see. No, I'll keep it separate. I was going to do chapter four and five at the same time, but no, I'll keep it separate. So I'll be back in, um, later in the week to do chapter four and actually chapter five. I'll do both this week for you guys because um, I want to get through this book. Okay, we got some healing to get done. We got to get delivered from this thing so we can be able to move on, okay? And um, continue our call, continue our purpose, okay? Continue our journey. And I don't know about you, but already, I tell you, I jumped around. I'm reading, you know, these first three chapters with you guys because I told you, I jumped right to chapter six and some other chapters in the book so I'm learning a lot I'm seeing a lot about myself and I'm it's becoming more clearer for me stuff that I have to work on so I can um, continue who 
I've been uh, who I've been called to be what I've been called to do I have work to do okay because I want to do everything I want to be everything that God has created me to be who he has called me to be and stuff like this is holding us back stuff like this is holding me back and I can no longer allow it to happen okay so this is a single mom of purpose okay y'all I am on Instagram same name um Facebook I have a, a group for women kingdom girls okay um you can check out my website www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com okay I'm all and I'm all I'm ah, I am <laughs> an author okay I have books on my website you can get my books from Amazon okay you can check out my spiritual Sundays blog okay I've been writing that since 2016 okay um and guess what y'all today today my podcast hit 5k okay that's 5,000 listens since I've been doing this and I have you guys to thank so thank you thank you so much you guys are why I do this you know this is one of the things that God told me to do told me to do and I'm so happy that I was obedient in doing this I slacked off a little bit this year, but I'm getting back to doing it. Um, this is something that I, I like doing. You know, even though, like I said before, I <laughs> I am fearful and I have to get over that. So y'all pray for me. I am fearful of getting up and speaking, preaching in a room full of people. I get so nervous. I get so nervous. And everybody I talk to, they say, oh, that's normal. And I can understand that, you know because it's like I'm getting up there to preach God's word and I want to do it right I want to you know say everything right you know I I want to be able to um you know give people um the word so that's that's something that I just don't take lightly so yeah but I, I I know I have to get more comfortable at doing it um something that I love to do honestly I, I love doing it um but yeah thank you guys thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you okay and like i said again i'll be back to give you guys chapter four and chapter five out of john eckhart's book um and like i said it gets better okay so keep listening keep clicking on those links um and you guys have an amazing sunday have an amazing week ahead okay i pray that everything you touch will turn to gold everyone that you come in contact with that they get to see the God in your life that they get to see your walk and they get to see you talk and it will something or something that you will do or say will help them want to change their life for the better okay that's my prayer for you guys and also for myself so I will talk to you guys um, later on in the week have a good one